Whether we're talking a ransomware attack, natural disaster, or other crisis, you need to have plans in place to recover your critical systems and data. One big question will be whether or not you should buy and manage the software yourself or take advantage of disaster recovery as a service. What are the trade-offs between running an in-house solution versus outsourcing to a provider? Persona and I will both share our perspectives on the pros and cons of each approach. My goal, as always, is to empower you to make the best choice for your organization's needs and budget. This podcast turns unappreciated backup admins into cyber recovery heroes. This is the Backup Wrap-Up. Welcome to the show. I'm W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup, and I have with me my deluge consultant, Prasanna Maliandi. <laughs> How's it going up there in, in the Northern California? So today it's sunny and clear skies, so I can't complain. It's a complete shift from what it was Sunday all day where we had... I think it was like four and a half or five inches of rain and 55 mile per hour gusts of wind. Uh, I lost power for a couple hours, uh, ended up hanging out in the car to most expensive cell phone charger in the world. <laughs> yeah, but- that, was pretty, that, was a pretty good, that was a pretty good one. Yeah, it, ha- it hasn't been, too, I mean, it was, well, other than the fact that I'm dealing with a new uh, minor roof leak, I'm super excited about that. Um we got, you know, I looked at like LA and there were parts of LA that got three or four inches in an hour. We got mm. three or four inches over the weekend, which is a significant difference, right? Because it's both, um, yeah. you know, the amount you get and, and how, how long you get it, right? And yeah. so I haven't seen too much, although I've talked to at least four people that lost something so far in the storm, right? I, I talked to somebody hmm. that lost a car um, and two people lost an apartment and one person that lost their house and they do not have uh, flood insurance. So uh, that's not. Because good. who thinks in the right in California? Oh yeah. I don't need <laughs> flood insurance. It barely ever rains here. Yeah. I mean, there's a song. We wrote a song about that, right? It never rains in California. But, um, yeah, so, well, uh, speaking of reasons that you might want to have a disaster recovery plan. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Right on topic, right? It's almost as if Mother Nature planned it. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So, um, you know, we've been covering DR here for actually for four weeks. This is actually our part five because it's such an important concept. And last time, you know, we talked about um, you know, whether or not you wanted to do a cold site, warm site, hot site. And, and now this is, you know, even a more, well, just as, if you will, foundational concept. And that is whether or not you want to use your, you know, basically use some software, run it in your organization, whether you run it on-prem or you run it in the cloud or if you want to use some type of DR service? I think it depends on whether the organization has the skill sets or even values disaster recovery, right? Like if you don't have a very critical workload or if you are okay with having some 
outages or managing it on your own, or if you don't even have the skill set, right? Some people barely have a single IT generalist who can't focus on DR with everything else going on, right? I think depending on how the organization, like what they're composed of, I think that sort of helps dictate like whether they should even try to build it on their own and run it on their own versus is it better for them to go towards like a managed provider? Yeah, I, I think that's a perfect way to look at sort of the first idea as as of, you know, D, backup is hard, right? Ba- you know, recovery is <laughs> harder, <laughs> right? Uh, disaster recovery is an advanced recovery, right? It, it, yeah. It's one thing to be able to say, hey, recover this file, recover this email, recover this server even, recover this folder that's been destroyed in the server or this database that somebody deleted a table. That is one level of uh, skill. And then a completely mm-hmm. different level of skill is going to be um, you know, recovering an entire environment because there's way more than recovering just the data. There's way more yeah. than recovering the servers that the data is going to reside on. There, you you want to talk a little bit about the the network side of things? Yeah. So some of the things you have to worry about is network connectivity. So you might have public IP addresses. How do you make sure that they are able to fail over at the right point in time? Or how do you make sure that your environment still gets the right IP addresses? Like your database server doesn't have the right IP address and DNS entries such that when you bring up the application in your DR site, it can still connect down to the database without having to reconfigure a whole bunch of other things, right? So all of these other things you have to worry about. And of course, with disaster recovery sites, you can't always just keep the same IP address up on both sides at the same right. time, right? right? Things aren't always happy. Right. So how do you deal with sort of the process of, yes, before a disaster strikes, I still need access to those disaster recovery infrastructure. Once the disaster strikes and now I need to recover, how do I make sure it looks identical to what was there on the source? So networking infrastructure, authentication infrastructure, right? Your active directory servers, making sure those are all configured and everything else, right? So it's like you said, Curtis, it's not just data. It's not just the application. It is that entire environment. And how do I make sure that that is properly configured after a disaster strikes? Yeah, it's it's funny. I, I thought of this, but uh, DR is to back up and, and restore as brisket is to um, barbecue. <laughs> Brisket is, <laughs> is up at the top in terms of complexity and difficulty and ease ease with which you can totally destroy <laughs> a perfectly good piece of meat. Yeah. You touched on a couple of things there. You you said both skill level and then also sort of what I like to call the give a care factor, right? Do you, yeah. you there was a recently I I forgot who it was, but they were talking about disaster recovery and things like that. And they were saying that um, or perhaps they were talking about cybersecurity, but they were talking about you need to have, uh, or I would say you need to have a recovery mindset. Do Does mm-hmm. your company have a recovery mindset? When you put in new infrastructure, does someone always 
raise their hand and say, you know, has this been made part of the uh, DR plan, right? Uh, yeah. Is ha- has anyone talked to Curtis, right, about this new, you know, this new part of the infrastructure? And so, is that the way your organization thinks, or have you done like many organizations? Have you deprioritized backup and and even beyond that? Uh, deprioritized uh, disaster recovery. So if that's, you know... The, because it's hard, right? The, <laughs> b- because it's hard. It, you know, we, t- we talk a lot on here about how backup is, you know, like nobody, <laughs> nobody, no little kid says, I want to grow up and be a backup administrator, right? We love our backup admins. You should change that, Curtis. Audience. <laughs> yeah, <I've, laughs> That's what that's what's going to happen, right? I want to be Mr. Backup. I want to be like Mr. Backup. Yeah. You are why we're here, right? We're here to help you do better at your job. But those of you that are our core audience are really the exception, right? So many companies don't have somebody that really wants to raise their hand and wants to take on this really difficult job. And so Backup... Um, and, and also there's management that looks at backup and DR and sees it just as a cost center and not a value center. They don't see it as a revenue generating um, organization, right? Um, it's funny. I was was talking to a good friend of mine and they were talking about, you know, cost cutting stuff that needs to happen in their company. And the, the higher ups were mm-hmm. saying, um, they were talking about, well, d- referring to his department, which is IT. Well, you're not really revenue generating, um, and and so you know you're deprioritized behind the comp- you know behind the parts of the company that generate revenue. And he's like, okay, except, and it's, he's, he could be very uh, he could be very sarcastic. This guy, he's like, just I'm just curious. Can you point out any parts of the company that generated revenue? without it <laughs> right yeah I, I was like oh yeah that's that's a great conversation yeah so so they look at they look at that and they're like oh it's not really generating a revenue it's it's insurance right backup and dr it it has been and always will be basically insurance and it's risk reduction right be, at that point what's that it's risk reduction Right. That is exactly, what the purpose exactly. of backup and DR are. Yeah. 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 The risk of you losing everything. Right. And there will always be this pressure for some people within the company to say, um, you know, I don't really see what value that it has or, you know, can't, th- this here, that's good enough. We've got backups. Yeah. We've got a, you know, we, you know, hey, look, look, we get, we, we bought you a replicated. You know, we let, we let, you know, we're paying for a replicated copy of the data in the cloud. You know, all our data is sitting in S3 and object lock storage. What more do you want? <laughs> right. Right. And so if that's the attitude of your company, you really have to look at ways where, um, where you can reduce complexity, reduce cost. Um, and, and I, I think that lends you more to the DR as a service uh, way of things. Yeah. You want, and, you want to talk about, let's, and I, go ahead. And before you move on, 
I think one of the other important aspects there is as that IT person, right? Sometimes companies might be more willing to allow you to spend OPEX rather than CAPEX. So for you to go and say, yes, I want to go contract out with the service provider to deal with my DR because then I don't need to buy infrastructure. I don't need to worry about that. It's not hitting my books, right? All of those other aspects. And so that might make it easier for some companies to sort of move in the direction of, yes, I am going to use a managed DR solution. Yeah, that because when you look at do, doing it yourself, right? And th- this goes back to, um, you know, we, we've had a couple episodes where we talked about whether or not you want, want to do this on-prem or you want to do this in the cloud, whether or not you want to do a cold site, whether, you, you know, you want to do a hot or a warm site. The, the um, anything that falls under like the sort of that idea where you're going to roll it yourself with your own hardware that's going to be a big capex expenditure a, ca- a big capex expenditure which is not going to add anything to the company <laughs> anything other than yeah. peace of mind like you said risk reduction earlier yeah yeah but if that's you, the challenge but, but if right? you if it, you did the but if you did the service idea right so you so you're going to spend all this money and and you're not going to get a lot to it. So if you do the service idea, this what you're saying, if I understand correctly, right, is if you do the service idea, it's still a cost, but it's a cost that's a little bit each month and they don't have to, they don't have to account for it in the same way. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the key, right, is in your books, right, in your financial records, the way you account for an OPEX is different than CAPEX. And so sometimes it makes it easier from a budgeting perspective as well. So, Curtis, I know we were just talking about sort of, okay, what are some reasons to go towards managed service? But what are some of the pros that people should consider when they want to roll their own DR solution or manage their own DR solution? Control, right? You And, and this is control in many aspects, right? So you get to control um, exactly what hardware is used. You get to control where that hardware is. You get to control how that hardware is accessed from us from a both a physical aspect as well as a cybersecurity aspect. Um, you know, you get to control. It, let me rephrase. You get to know, right? And this is a big. This is no. You got to touch, like, feel, and hug. And underline. <laughs> well, you no no. You get to know exactly where that hardware is and isn't. I'm alluding to the OVH disaster where people paid for physically separated backups and they thought they had physically separated backups. And it turned out that just meant that the servers were over in the corner (laughs) in the same data center. When you buy your own hardware, you decide exactly where that hardware is going. And so you know exactly where it is you know, you, you can touch it. And yeah, you, you alluded to it earlier. Like, you know, you got this touchy feeling. There is a, there is a control aspect. And, and those who, um, have I told you my control freak knock, knock joke? No. So, so knock, knock. Who's there? Control freak. Now you're supposed to say control freak. Who? See, that's it. That's, that's the joke. So that's my control freak. Knock, knock joke. (laughs) 
Um, if you're, th this is sort of alluding to what I said in the beginning. If your attitude towards the cloud is one of fear, uncertainty, and doubt, right? I, I, I interact with uh, people on LinkedIn. We just have a different opinion about the cloud. You know, anybody who's listened to this podcast knows that I'm very pro cloud. And I was that way before I um, worked at Druva. I'm now that way after having worked at Druva. I think that DR is the killer app for the cloud, right? And I know, so you're, you're, you're rolling your eyes a little bit. And I know that not everybody could do the cloud, but, but let me go back to my point, okay? And that is, if you think the cloud sucks, <laughs> right? If you think it's insecure, if you think it's costly, if you think it's whatever, if, you, if, if everything you think about the cloud is just negative, then you're not going to want to do DR as a service because it's most likely going to be uh, done using the cloud. Now, there might be, there probably are some MSPs that will run a DR as a service with your own hardware. Um, yep. But that, that's a, that's a in, th in this conversation, mainly we're talking about either doing it with your own hardware or doing it in the cloud as a service. Yeah. Now, what was with the big grin? So, I want to know what yeah. that was about. No, the big grin was there are other pros to running your own DR. Um, I know you alluded to some of it, right, uh, when you were just talking right now. Yeah. It's if the cloud cannot run your workload, then it doesn't yeah. make sense to have a cloud DR, right? So you might have an application or an operating system or some specific hardware that is not compatible with the cloud version, right? In which case you're going to roll your own. So that's kind of one thing. The other case for rolling your own is you may not have the ability to move all your bits into the cloud. Like just the amount of data you have, the change just rate, other physics things. Physics perspective. Physics. Yeah. From a physics perspective. Yeah. That may not be feasible. Uh, the other thing also is you might need, based on regulatory requirements, to always have two DR sites. And so failing over to the cloud and trying to bring back your data from the cloud becomes very expensive. I think a lot of folks who fail over into the cloud, I think once they fail over, I don't know if they really want to come back. Although most vendors say, yeah, you could bring your data back. I think right. trying to bring your data back from an egress cost or just the amount of time it takes to bring all that data back may be too expensive versus, mm. hey, I have data. I can just bring my own other equipment into my data center, copy the data locally, and then just ship my hardware back to the production site. So yeah, I, I think those are some of the benefits potentially of rolling your own that may or may not apply for you if you go to the cloud. Yeah, I, I didn't have those as benefits as on-prem. I had those as disadvantages of the cloud. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but but your but your but your point is valid, right? Not everybody can use the cloud, right? Not everybody can use the cloud from a from a um, you know for for various reasons, right? You, it, it just might not be possible. You might have uh, data governance rules that says I can't I can't have data that leaves this this vicinity and the you know your nearest uh, uh, AWS. Region, region is in another country 
right? You might have that problem. Uh, and then, you know, physics, you know, I've, I've spent an entire career just <laughs> battling physics, right? You, physics will win. <laughs> and th- there is only so much data that you can send over the, over the wire uh, either way, right? Um, yeah. I will say that it's a very, that companies that have that problem, I'm not sure they have any good solution to them. I'll agree with you that this is an advantage of doing it yourself in that you can buy enough network hardware and computing hardware to to do this, whereas you can't really do that in the cloud, right? So if you, if, you know, if you're yeah. like, like I, I live in San Diego, we do biotech here, right? I've met companies over here that are making exabytes a week, okay? <laughs> so if, if, if you fall into that category, there is no amount of bandwidth that is going to be sufficient because they're making yeah. exabytes of new data that, that <laughs> doesn't compare in any way to the previous week's data and uh, they can't get rid of the previous week's data. They need to keep both of them. And they um, and when you when you do dedupe of that, there's nothing to dedupe. It's all new stuff, right? New data. And yeah. so the only way when you're gigantic and gigantic is a relative term, right? If you're so large that you that the concept of buying enough internet bandwidth to get to and from the cloud is just like, that's just crazy talk, right? That the only way you can do that is, I still think that the way to do that is by using replication, but it's just, you have to own the wire, right? You have to have enough bandwidth to get from their sites. Right, yeah, they lay dark fiber between two different locations hopefully far enough that they wouldn't suffer the same natural disaster, uh, but not so far that the, the, you know, the latency is going to be an issue. And that's really only possible um, if, if you own all companies. the infrastructure, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, and by the way, somewhere between, right. So there's, I'm going to, you know, you know how I like to categorize people. <laughs> I like to categorize, right. So, <laughs> There's a, I'm going to say like, I'm just going to make up numbers. Okay. Th- these are totally like pulled out of, you know, where numbers. All right. I'm going to say that like 75% of the world, there is no way in earth that they can do DR cheaper or faster or better than they can do it in the cloud. Okay. That's, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm making up the percentage, but I'm going to say that the vast majority of organizations in the world can do DR in the cloud cheaper, faster, and better than they can do it themselves. On the opposite end of that, there's a 1.5% of the organizations in the world that there's no way in hell, there's no amount of bandwidth in the world to, 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 to do DR in the cloud. That leaves 23.5% of organizations that, in my totally made-up statistic, who could go either way and they could lay dark fiber and own the infrastructure or they could go into the cloud 
And those are the people that really need to do a cost-benefit analysis and a give-a-care analysis. Is this really something that we want to do and do it right and pay all the you know the money for that? Or is this something that we want to do with a service? What do you think of yeah. that? And uh, no, I... Other than the exact percentages, I think your categorization is right. And also the <laughs> you, relative you don't agree with my- size of each. No, 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 no. And just the relative size of those categories, I agree with. I think if it's like 75% or 60%, I think that's like, right. Yeah. But like you said, I yeah. think in general, just the scale of those and the differences I think is accurate. Now, the one point I was going to mention is, uh, oh, when people think about DR as a service and using the cloud, I think they should go back and think, let's go back and talk about email. People used to manage and host their own email servers on-premises, and then over time, they're like, hey, I should just use Microsoft 365 or Google Workspaces. Why am I running my own infrastructure and managing and dealing with all those issues there's a service for me. Yes, it might be more expensive, but I don't have to worry about all these things. In a similar fashion, I think with DR as a service, that becomes a great workload to sort of offload and say, hey, I don't have to worry about that anymore. I can now use someone else. And then the other thing to consider too is there are some companies who might be on premises and slowly starting to migrate to the cloud and they're trying to figure out what workload should I move? Backup is a great workload because like you said, Curtis, at the very beginning, it's a risk reduction thing, right? And so moving that workload to the cloud makes sense. I think in a similar fashion, moving DR from on-premises where you're managing the infrastructure and everything else and moving it to the cloud also makes a lot of sense because you don't have to worry about messing with your production environment, any new requirements or differences, right? All that stuff, you're still operating production as it is. You're keeping your DR copy in the cloud and you can do testing, you can get comfortable, and then you could figure out later on, hey, am I going to move my production workload to the cloud now or not? Yeah, agreed. Um, the you know, I was thinking about the percentages that I was throwing out. One of the reasons that I threw the what did I say? 75%. I actually think that percentage is actually probably larger. The, the reason, the reason why I think that percentage may actually be larger is that if I recall correctly, like not, like at least in the U S I don't know if it's the same way everywhere, but 90% are SMBs. in the U S 90% of businesses are small businesses, right? They're SMBs as small, medium businesses. And SMBs, the cloud, man, like it's going to be yeah. really hard to do it faster, cheaper, more secure than doing it in the cloud. So that that 75% may be as high as 90%. Regarding the, you know, DR and backup being perfect workloads in the cloud, you know, I agree with a caveat. <laughs> I said it. And that is, <laughs> with a caveat, and that is, I don't agree if all you're going to do is lift and shift. Right. Yeah. If all you do is take your net backup server, your Veeam server, and just move it into the cloud, that is not necessarily going to add any value to your organization. Uh, in fact, all it will do, you know, for the most part, is add cost. Um, it, it's one thing to send a copy of your data to the cloud, but actually moving your backup infrastructure, if all you're doing is taking your favorite on-prem piece of backup software and then putting it in a VM in the cloud, all that's going to do is increase your costs and it's going to lower your, you know, your uh, carbon footprint on-prem, but just move it 
up there and you're going from buying servers to renting servers and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So if what you're saying is, you know, just leveraging a service-based company, right? A SaaS company, a deep, deep pass, bass, DRAS, whatever acronym <laughs> you want to say, backup, data protection, or DR as a service. If you've, if you've got a company who's figured out the economics so that they can offer you a, a backup as a service or DR as a service for less money than you can do it yourself, then, yeah, I completely agree that, yeah. that that's a great way to do it. So since you threw out that stat earlier about SMBs in the U.S. being 90% yeah. of companies, for those SMBs, typically they are using some SaaS service, say for their mm-hmm. email. They're probably using something for storing their data, right, uh, for synchronizing be SharePoint or Google Drive or other things like that. What does DR as a service look for those types of users yeah it's not there (laughs) so so generally (laughs) when we're talking about dr as a service we're talking about it for your own infrastructure that you own and manage whether it's sitting in uh, ec2 or you know azure vms or you're sitting on you know vms in your data center we don't generally talk about, and we, and we should talk about just for a minute here, uh, about DR for, let's say, Microsoft 365. Um, yeah. There really isn't anything for that, right? Like, like pick your favorite cloud service or pick your favorite <laughs> SaaS offering and just, and, and I do think it should be backed up, right? Yeah. Definitely. But um, even if... Uh, let me just get really down for a minute. Let's say you've been back, you've been doing what I said and you're back, you're backing up Microsoft 365 and then Microsoft goes out of business tomorrow. There is no direct way to restore that data to anywhere else other than Microsoft 365. You could probably assuming your backup software has this ability, create PSTs, of each user and then import those to something like Google Workspace. Yeah. Um, and, but, but like, I think of like, um, I think of like Salesforce. Is there any, is there any way to download that data? Like at least with 365, one of the typical restore options is to restore to a PST. But you think like Salesforce is there a restore option in any of these products other than to restore into Salesforce? I don't know. Not really. You know what? This is a great question, Persona. I think that everybody should go ask that question of their vendors. Yeah. It's something that we don't think about, but might be a huge blind spot. Yeah. There's no mind. It's a huge (laughs) blind spot. There's no no mind about it. One other area, and this is, quite possibly the area as to whether or not you think a SaaS-based backup or DR system is appropriate for you. And that is your opinions about security Mm -hmm. and the cloud 
or security in the data center. I will give you my opinion. Feel free to use your own. And I, I'd love to hear your opinion. Maybe, unless it disagrees with that. <laughs> Here's my opinion after having been in a whole bunch of companies. I will take the security, the cybersecurity of the average cloud vendor over the cybersecurity of the average data center from Joe's data center any day of the week, right? Uh, and, yep. and that is because companies who are specifically companies that are in the data protection space, they know that if they go down, if they disappear because they got attacked, they are done as a company, right? This is their raison d'etre, right? Um, the And I know I totally pronounced that. Apologies to anyone who actually <laughs> speaks French. Um, raison d'etre? I don't know. I don't know. I totally made that up. I really, again, d like further apologies. Um, it is French, right? Not Latin, right? Yeah, that's yeah, French. Yeah, okay. I believe okay. it's French, I should say. This is, what, this is what happens when I throw out fancy words. Don't say it a third um, time. Yeah, absolutely. All right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they know it is th their entire reason for being, right? So, they know they have to get cybersecurity right. And, and and they're making money on this. This is their, the, the reason for their company versus you, your company may or may not see cybersecurity as like the only thing between you and the wolves. Right. Um, and so it just might, it's sort of like what we said earlier about backup and DR, where does cybersecurity fit in the realm of things? Hopefully it's, in the four because of everything that's been happening recently. But I know that I should see that in a cloud vendor. Again, I'm just saying on average, don't ever believe anything. Don't ever trust anything, yeah. you know, test everything, do penetration testing on your vendors. Um, and, and hopefully your vendors do penetration testing as well. And hopefully they will provide you results under NDA, et cetera. Um, so there you go. That's my opinion. And I, but, and I know because I'm on, you know, LinkedIn and Reddit, I know that there are people who think the exact opposite of the cloud, that the cloud is just a bunch of leaks. The cloud is yeah. where you put your data if you want to get leaked. Mm -hmm. um, what's your thought? Yeah, I think I agree with you that for the majority, a cloud vendor is going to have a much better security posture than someone on premises because people, once again, it just goes back to skill sets and time, right? You don't have time to focus on cybersecurity day in and day out when you have 10,000 other things to do, right? So, and keeping up with the latest threats and everything else going on versus a company which is dedicated. I'm not going to go to a random spot and just be like, hey, I have this broken bone. Can you fix it? Versus, hey, I'm going to go to a specialist and get that bone set in, right? Unless that person who I go to is like a really smart person and maybe they have like wilderness skills and can set a bone, right? But you know what I mean, right? You want to go to the person who that's their day in and day out, right? This is what they're doing. An orthopedic so, surgeon, you're saying. Yes. 
Exactly. Yeah. So you want to exactly. go to that person who is a special. This is what they think about. They're trying to figure out ways that things will break. And so those are the people you want to trust versus trying to roll your own. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, my, my orthopedic surgeon's name is Dr. Stark. Like, does he have a like thing the, uh, on his chest? Does he? An ex- yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little, little, the uh, nuclear reactor heart reactor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I can't think of anything else that we would want to cover on. I mean, this is a giant. I basically, we spent 40 minutes saying it depends, <laughs> right? <laughs> this is, this is your decision. You got to think about cost. You got to think about risk. You got to think about, you know, um, you know, you talked about the, um, uh, CapEx versus OpEx. You got to think about the, the, the skill level that you have in your company. And, and, and again, I don't have a better word for it other than the give a care factor in your company, how much the people of your company care about DR versus, um, you know, the, the other things that are going to take their attention away from DR and in the end, make a decision for your organization. Yep. Can you think of anything else to say there? No, I think that was a good summary. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for, thanks for being here again today, persona. Likewise, Curtis. Uh, yeah, I, not too depressing of a topic today. So that's good. <laughs> Other than it all depends. Yeah, it's a giant. It depends. And thank you so much, folks, for listening. Uh, you know, you are why we do this. And hopefully we can turn you into a cyber recovery hero here at the Backup Wrap-Up. That is a wrap. The Backup Wrap-Up is written, recorded, and produced by me, W. Curtis Preston. If you need backup or DR consulting, content generation, or expert witness work, check out BackupCentral.com. You can also find links from my O'Reilly books on the same website. Remember, this is an independent podcast, and any opinions that you hear are those of the speaker and not necessarily an employer. Thanks for listening.